Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. And today we're talking to Quinn Wynn, the founder of Pink and Posy, where she makes paper flowers that, quote, are as realistic or vibrant as your dreams. She is a wife to a drone nerd, mom to a doodle fur baby, a chef and an artist at heart. She is the founder of the Paper Florist Facebook group, The Posy Box, and co-host of the Paper Talk podcast. You can find her at pinkandposy.com and follow her on Instagram at pinkandposy. Her account is just amazing. It's full of all these beautiful flowers. So anyway, Quinn, we're so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. We're so happy that you could be here. How is it? How is everything holding up um, considering? I know. It's on? so surreal what's going on right now. It's just, you would never expect starting in January, this is where we would be at right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing mm-hmm. and completely unexpected. Yeah, I was noticing on your website, though, Quinn, you have some like really cool ways to connect with your audience virtually, which I'm sure you're really thankful for having at this point in time. Is that right? Yes, definitely. I'm really grateful because when I started the business or from Pink and Posy has evolved to um, the Paper Flores Collective that's on Facebook to the Posy Box description, um, everything is done now online. And so it was really easy for me to transition one hat to another and just streamline everything more. Um, one thing that was really interesting is we were supposed to have like a live workshop in Seattle. And of course, the shelter in place took place. And so we mm-hmm. were able quickly to turn that around and do an online workshop with all the students jumping online. And we were able to show them how to make it you know, work. So that was a really, um, I'm grateful for that experience. That's innovative. Uh, yeah, and so versatile. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, so how did, tell us, let's get started. And can you please tell us how you get started on your path to creating Pink and Posy? Oh my gosh, that is such a crazy story. So I'm one of those people that like, I can pretty much, like if I think about it, I can do it. And I love my can-do attitude, as my husband says. Um, so what has started off was I was doing event planning. And for corporate. And then on the side, I would do wedding planning and party planning. And one of my brides asked me to do paper flowers for her wedding. At this point, I had never even done paper flowers at that point. And so I did some research and I was like, sure, I can make that happen. And we made it happen. We had a great photographer. She shot some amazing photos and it just kind of went viral at that point. A lot of other people started seeing it. Some businesses started seeing it. And I think that, that was at the very forefront before Paper Flowers became even more known than what it is today. And so this was about six years ago. Mm. And so the business has evolved quite a bit with Paper Flowers. And I'm hoping that I have led the industry a little bit more on this. Um, it's been really fantastic seeing how the industry of paper flower has grown from more than just a craft. It's turning into more artistic in that forefront. A lot of higher end brand names like, you know, Hermes, um, Louis Vuitton, um, Joe Malone, they're now using paper flowers as their advertising medium. So which is really fun and creative for us that we can switch from our crafting to a more artistic fine art. 
That's amazing. So are you telling me that before, you know, you got asked to do this for a wedding, you actually had never done paper flowers before? Yeah, never, never. Oh my God, you just randomly fell into this talent of yours? I never even knew I was an artist. So that's been the really fun thing. (laughs) I'm more of a logistic person than I am Uh an artistic person. So that was a really fun switch for me. Oh, that's oh so fun. God. That's just amazing. I love it. Thank it, you. Was it, um, now you said you were event planning before that. Were you working, um, had you been in that business for a long time? Did you have any any idea that you would ever go out or, um, and work on, or did you have your own event planning business? Um, this is really interesting. So I kind of fell into that. I actually, my background, um, this is the marketing international business. I actually, when I first moved to Seattle, this was about 21 years ago. I actually worked at um, Fred Hutch um, Research um, Center, and I was in their strategic planning and development department. And from there, I actually ended up opening a catering business, which is kind of wild and crazy. And I loved it. I was doing um, my business back then was Sweet Posy. And we did all, we were at the Bellevue Art Museum. We were doing some of the major big ends. We did the gala for the Fred Hutch. Um, we did all the directors' luncheons there. And we did this SBA breakfast. We did um, a lot of weddings, a lot of special events. It was really amazing and fun. We had like, I had 12 employees working for me. Wow. Um, but the crazy thing, I hurt my back really bad. Mm. And so... Um, Luckily, I was able to sell my business to another chef. He took it over and ran with it. Um, I ended up getting married and my husband worked at Microsoft and he was able to help me. Um, we, we actually arranged to get back surgery. And so from there, I had to rethink about everything I did because catering business, you do a lot of manual labor. You're on your feet all the time. You're running around and we did you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, weddings, events. And it was just so crazy. And I'm one of those people that... If I see someone need help, I jump in and I, I make it work. And so I think I just pour my whole heart into it. And it was just so interesting that I had to like switch gears and figure out what's my next path. And I was able to take a couple of years off to kind of recover from the back surgery mm-hmm. and really rethink about what can I do next? And one of the things I loved doing was, of course, the event planning that the catering business kind of allowed you to do. And I also did a lot of tech um like Microsoft, Google, um, the Tech Ready Convention that happens in Seattle. So I was able to help organize and I was at uh, contract work at that point. And then I was trying to do other things where the more fun part, like the party planning, the event mm-hmm. planning. And then I was, you know, went the rabbit hole of creating the decorations for that. And so that's where I landed and here I am now. Oh my gosh, what an amazing story. You know, I, what I was thinking when you were talking about all the things that you did, I was thinking, gosh, you're not afraid of big things. You're not afraid of scary things. I was just thinking about all of the big, big events that you've catered or you've helped put on. And um, you just I feel like fear is not a thing for you. We'll find out more about that. But Yes. <laughs> or you just power through it. I just power through it, I would say. <laughs> I try not to think about, I love the big picture. I think that's really, really important when you're navigating your business, but don't let fear overtake you. Definitely let it 
let it linger and think about it, but mm-hmm. don't let it take you down another pathway because I think fear is really great in a business because it makes you more cautious. It makes you really think about the risk that you have to take, but weigh it and see what the bigger outcome is and then go mm-hmm. for it. That's a great learning. And um, along that learning, can you tell us any other learnings, any little gems of wisdom you can pass along to the rest of us who are just beginning our business adventures? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that you should think about is get to know your business. Do the bookkeeping, do the technical stuff, do the graphic design, get to know your branding as much as you can and do all the grunt work. So that way, when you pass it on to a virtual assistant or you hire somebody in, you know exactly what they're doing. You know Mm -hmm. that it takes about X amount of time for them to do a certain project and you can estimate and you can work in such a way that you can plan things out, explain to them in a much easier term than saying, hey, I want X, Y, Z done. And I think that will help both relationships so much better. Mm -hmm. Is this your favorite business of all your businesses so far? Because it sounds like you've done quite a few different things. I think it's still evolving. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when I, so I started Pinky Posey and that was where I was creating paper flowers for like weddings, for corporate events, for commercials. And then I fell into the trap of sharing what I love to do. And so I started teaching other people how to do paper flowers. And then I found this huge community, um, the paper florists. And it was just really fun to kind of like explore that realm, meet people from all over the world. And I planted um, the first paper florists collective, um, I guess, masterclass. And we had people come in from Australia, Japan, Korea. It was so unexpected because we had first did this. We were thinking North America, Canada, United States. And then to see people coming from all these different places and seeing how People want to make paper flowers more than just an art deco. That is amazing. That's so surprising and exciting. Um, And that segues into my question, which is what has been the most surprising thing along the way with Pink and Posey? Um, I think the really fun, interesting thing for me is like the connections I've been able to get. Um, I now work with another girl. Her name's Jessie Chu, Crafted to Bloom. She and I work quite closely with the Paper Floors Collective. Um, We have um, the podcast, The Paper Talk, which is now like the first paper flower podcast, I believe, in the world. And we have listeners. Yeah. So we have listeners from all the world and they bring us questions. And it's been really fun to explore this particular avenue. And I think the really important thing, you know, being a paper florist is not only do you need to be an artist, you need to be a photographer. You also need to know about the floral mechanics. And that's one thing that I'm hoping that I'm bringing to this um, industry is having the paper florists know about floral mechanics. So I'm hoping to bring hand in hand the floral industry into the paper flower world. So that's been really interesting because we do take real flowers. We take it apart to find out how to make our paper flowers. And Mm -hmm. I think if you look at my account, you'll see that I try to mimic the real flowers as much as possible. 
Yes. And by the way, the photography, it sounds like you do the photography too. Those are some yeah. of the most beautiful photographs I've ever even seen on your gallery. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate I can't that. believe how like lifelike they look. They look like absolutely real. Yeah. And I, I think it's the really fun part about my craft is when you introduce this craft to another person and they start doing it, you find this really inner peace because you are cutting every single petal. Like if you do a dahlia, there's like a hundred petals in one flower head and you're cutting each and every single one. So it teaches you about patience. It really teaches you about, you know, calming down and really focusing on what you're cutting and putting together. Right. It's yeah. What, it, process. what about any struggles you've experienced? Have there been any real barriers or obstacles you've encountered? I think there has been many I mean, mm-hmm. but I've, I think the one thing that I've, I put my can-do attitude and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. How do I go about? And I break it down to smaller parts and then you kind of don't get overwhelmed by this bigger project, but you realize, okay, I need to cut 8,000 petals for this one particular project. So you just kind of like, okay, how many rolls of paper do I need? And you just kind of break it down and just do it. And I think what a, a really good example is a couple of years ago, I did, I took it on myself and I says, you know what? I love cherry blossom. So I'm going to do a citywide cherry blossom event. I'm going to go and approach all these different stores, see if they want a window display. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I ended up getting six different stores. I got Nordstrom. I got Franz Chocolate. I got Grantham, the handmade showroom, um, even a restaurant, Fabak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, um, and also Austin Company in Kirkland. And I was able to create six different cherry blossom exhibit for each and every single store. And it was amazing. I think that was where my career really changed. And there was a turning point where I got even bigger notice and it really fine-tuned my craft even more. And it was like, yeah, it was crazy. I made like, we calculated that I probably did... Oh my gosh, easily over close to about 10,000 cherry blossoms for this thing. Wow. And it's just, you know, if you think about it, there's five petals per flower head. And it was like two and a half months of intense making. I did nothing else but make cherry blossom, and it was crazy. (laughs) I bet. I bet you wanted to switch flowers after that and do something different. I know, but it was, it was really fun. It really made me like, when you do something like that, you don't think about it too much. Otherwise you do get overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm, And so I just focus on, okay, I'm just going to do bundles of hundreds and then just move on to the next bundle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that sounds like a great struggle, you know, because God, you know, you got, you were, well known after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but also, amazing. yeah, it also like you have to think about when you do something that intense, um, definitely do take breaks. I did have a mm-hmm. little bit of hand problems after that, but it really made me like, okay, if I do something like this again, I really need to be more exercising more, stretching my hand out more so I don't have carpal tunnel, switching things up uh, quite a bit more. And I think when I realized on that aspect, I started focusing more online items, doing the mm-hmm. subscription box, doing um, the online gatherings. That's a wise decision. That's yeah. incredible. I just was thinking about you, you went out there and you, you offered something that 
people didn't even know existed and you, you made them want this thing that only you could provide. And so, and now they have them forever mm-hmm. or for a long time. That way. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful blossoms. So Quinn, did you have a mentor along the way? I would say I had several and I still have them today. And they're, they wear different hats for me because I feel like everyone have their strengths and and the way that you balance each other out is where if I have a certain problem, I go to a certain person. I do have one particular person that I do go to quite a bit and she knows my bigger wall in game because you mm-hmm. do need to know that. I think that's really important. Why are you doing what you're doing every single day? It's the biggest picture that you can probably dream of. And my dream is to have one day a worldwide paper conference where you have all mediums of paper in this and you are able to bring in all these different vendors and suppliers and students and teachers all be under the same roof and just be like a geek out on papers. That is my (laughs) end goal. (laughs) And so there's so many steps to get to that end path. And so my biggest thing that I've been working on the past two years is developing vendor relationship, developing other paper flower instructors relationship. And I think it's so important developing all these important relationships so that when you do make that big ass, it's an easy yes for them. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it kind of segues into our next question, which is, who will help you, you know, kind of actualize your dreams. And now that we know, you know, kind of what your end game is, it sounds like you're already networking to make that become a possibility. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been really amazing to see all the students that we have from all over the world be like, yeah, we know what the Paper Floors Collective is. And they know what our mission statement is. And they know that we're a very, we're a safe environment for people to share their paper flowers, no matter it's their first time, their 50th time, or whatever stage they're at. You know that you're going to get a positive, you know, reception of it from all the members in our group. And we're very careful about how we moderate our Facebook group because we want to make it a safe environment because you don't want people to be like your first time and people were like being negative about it. Mm-hmm. We all started somewhere. Our first flower was, you know, crap. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as you evolve, your flowers will get better. And we all share these wonderful experience with everybody. Quinn, did you have an idea of where you wanted that to take place? Like what country or city were you thinking of? And or would you ever do that like virtually or would there even be a venue that large to have that? Well, I can't can't imagine that at this point because I feel like I'm still in the building block. But Mm -hmm. I've had um, an international workshop here in Seattle, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. We had our second one um, in Toronto. And then um, we were going to have another one in June and that, you know, is now scrapped out <laughs> because of what's happening right now. And so we're trying to like, how do we make this? And so we're hoping that we're planning something into the fall that we'll have this under control before, you know, winter season starts up again and the possibility of that happening again, you know, we will have that small window. So we're hoping and planning, but we're going to wait and see what happens when we get out of the shelter in place here in the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be hard to get people to travel in the future. So Mm -hmm. we really have to think about who our target market is and where we will get the most, you know, it'll be important (laughs) because I probably won't be able to travel internationally. 
So that mm-hmm. will be another major factor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, the future seems so unknown right now on how do we plan more international workshops mm-hmm. when um, safety is always in the forefront of everybody's <laughs> mind and for the students, for the instructors, how we bring people together. So there's definitely um, one thing we're doing right now is we are developing an, an e-course. And one of the things that we found very important for the students, besides you know, teaching them how to make paper flowers, is how do you run your business? And so we're actually developing e-course right now on developing that and sharing our knowledge with, you know, templates on invoices, on contracts, wordings, how to respond Aww. to people. So I'm, we're hoping that this will help people in a different way than because we're, I feel like right now we do have a lot of paper flower instructors who are teaching such amazing paper flowers, but we don't have a very targeted market of um, paper flower business, which mm-hmm. is really different from other type of business. Because you have to bring in the craft and everything. You're, you're making little baby entrepreneurs. Yes, that's what we're hoping. That's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think the more people that you get involved in your industry, um, the bigger the pool will get and the more that you can do. Because if you keep your pool tiny and you don't share your, your secrets or you share your craft or your love, it won't grow and people won't share and celebrate it with you. That's wise, wise words. Wise, wise words. Mm-hmm. We wanted to... Sh- switch gears for just a second. And um, we love that you're a fellow podcaster and we wanted to know how has having a podcast um, advanced your business or helped your business over having just a traditional website? I think it's really, I mean, I think all business, there's a voice behind every single thing. And when you were able to have conversations and you're able to explore other people pathways it really ties people together because you really can relate to each other. And I think having our own podcast has given a voice to our community, which is really, really wonderful because we do want to take it more than just a craft or a hobby. It is a fine art. There's so many components to that. And it takes more than what people realize. And then being a, a crafter or a hobbyist that just makes paper flowers. Mm-hmm. Well, they really also get to know you and know who you are okay. and know who your co-host is. And, and, and so then they trust you and they want to go to you. Yes, definitely. And, and how big is your team at Pink and Posey? Um, well, Pink and Posey is just me. Okay. And so I do everything pretty much. I edit the podcast. I edit the tutorials. I do have um, for the Posy box, which is another different story. I do hire on a tutorial maker because I do all the grunt work there. It leaves me not enough brain space to Mm -hmm. have the time to dedicate to developing the step-by-step tutorials on making sure the flower is accessible to all levels of crafters from beginners to advanced. We want to make sure that even people that's been with the box for months or years that they're still learning something new because I feel like I'm constantly fine-tuning my craft and um, my other person that I work with her name's Kate Alicorn she's also from Seattle and she's called the Cobra Lily she has already a paper flower book out already and she's so well known in our community and it just made sense for us to form a partnership where she teaches and I do the promotion, I edit all the videos, I do all the admin work, and all she has to really think about is focusing on creating that best possible paper flower tutorial. Mm. That's amazing. Um, 
What about um, any thoughts you can share to others who are managing business during this global crisis? Because you sound, you know, you're an astute businesswoman, not only a creative mind, but um, do you have any thoughts on that? I say ask for help, especially Mm -hmm. right now, if you're a small business person. And I think the key thing that I've been reading up on the PPP, I mean, those, all those different loans, all those different grants, which one to apply for? How do you navigate through this strange avenue? I think the most important thing is asking for help, talking to other people. Not only do I have single um, mentors, I have a group of females that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, we meet once a month. We used to meet in person where we go around and we ask, what is our problem? And all of us put on our hats and we say, you know what? I know somebody. Or have you thought about doing this and this and this? Mm. It has been such a game changer for me, having the structure, having these females and my friends in place that I can ask, you know, these questions that I know will not be shared with other people. It's mm-hmm. like a, a private group that we share our troubles, our pains, and we go through it together. I also have another person where I meet every single week where we talk about our goals. We put our yearly goals together. We talk about our quarterly goals. And then we talk about our weekly goals. What are you doing this week? We hold each other accountable. I think that's so important. And not only do I have that, I have another person that I I meet and talk. And we talk about other aspects of our business and how we're able to grow together. And she keeps me in line and she tells me when, you know what? I think you need to shut that down or you need to go with that. So that's been really knowing these people that will tell me the straight facts and will tell me how it is or how I'm behaving or how I'm dealing with things or how they can support me on moving certain things, pieces moving forward. I think that is so incredibly helpful. I think that's a really key thing is having people that will support you and how you can support other people will just make you grow as a person and as a business. That's so amazing. Good for you. I, I love that. I love all of those ideas, all the, 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 the mentors, the accountability, the weekly accountability, monthly accountability, um, and that you're just basically, you're, you're obviously not afraid to ask for help and, and that just uh, in turn gives back to you so much. So there's it a really lot does. of wonderful things to learn from that. So I appreciate that. Any thoughts on managing your business during a global pandemic? <laughs> I think this is a really great time to like buckle down, look at your website. It's time to refreshen everything because you're home all this time. Mm-hmm. You're now going to have these time where, you know, you can't really go out. Might as well look at what you're producing and see how you can pivot, how you can freshen things up, how you can really look at your ab- customer avatar. Is this the time to like update your avatar? Is it time to make sure that your goals are in line with what you're doing. I think it's really important right now is to look inward a little bit and make sure you're on the right track. That's amazing. Such sage words, such great advice. I can um, listen I have, to you talk all day. I know. I feel like <laughs> I want to ask her about books she's read because I feel like a lot of the things that she does are actually 
so many great ideas that we've, re- you know, kind of read about. Um, we, we sometimes have, um, we talk about books that we've read or articles that have inspired us. What about you? Do you have any time to read? You might not because you're so busy. <laughs> you know, one, the really grateful thing is I do have a dog and uh-huh. going on more walks lately. And I've been trying to get my husband. So I talked to my husband quite a bit during those walks. But in the mornings, this is my time where I put out my audiobook. I put on mm-hmm. my podcast and I listen to all these different people that have such really wisdom words and listen to audiobooks, of course. And that has been really helpful. That's amazing. Do you have any titles that are your favorite? Um, I'm trying to think for books. It's been really interesting. I would say Michael Hyatt, uh, Focus, has been really mm. interesting about focusing on your goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been really interesting. Of course, I think everybody knows Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield for the online coaches and mentors. Mm-hmm. I think that's been really wonderful. Listening mm-hmm. to them talk and they've had some really great SBA talks on how to navigate all these things. Thank you for sharing that. That's really important for us to pass along yes. for our listeners. Yeah. Allie, do you want to wrap it up with our... Last yeah. Question. So yeah, you, one of the things that I think our listeners love the most about our show is that we talk about some of the times when we're not as put together or successful or, <laughs> you know, uh, all that. And we talk about our meltdown moments. Do you have any to share with us that you've had along, you know, your journey? I would say when I was doing the cherry blossom and I was cutting all those petals, there was moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? I was like, there's so many petals. How am I going to get this done? Why did I ask another store to do another window display? But it was really worth it. I mean, so much hard work. And when you do hard work, it does pay off. But there were moments where I'm like, I don't know if I can continue. I never want to see another glass or petals ever again. I bet you didn't. Was there ever a moment where you actually like cried or yelled at your husband or? (laughs) I think I yelled at my husband a lot. (laughs) But you know what? He's been really, I mean, there were moments, you know, with husbands that you get in this bickering annoyance, but he's really stepped up and really saw how hard I was working. And he would take some of the, you know, the, the duties off my plate so I can do really focus on it a little bit more. It'll it'll tell me you need a break. Let's go on a walk. Let's go out (laughs) instead of just working all the time. So I think having a good partner um, to help you on your day in and day out, check in on you and make sure you're doing okay. I think that's really important. That's good. Yeah. Probably like Quinn, you got to see the light of day. Get out. I know. What is this blind thing in the sky? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, that, that's it for us today. We're so grateful that you were able to join us. Um, for those of you out there, you can go to Quinn, Quinn's website, pinkandposy.com. You can follow, follow her on Instagram at uh, pinkandposy. And um, just know that her work is so beautiful. And uh, we just appreciate all the time that you spent with us today. And you're such an inspiration. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for having me on, both of you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I wanted to tell you just really quickly, one of the first, my first exposure to your work was this Christmas when my dad bought his wife, um, a pink and posy box for Christmas. And I was like, Oh my God, Nicole, we're going to interview her. That's (laughs) That's so wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. 
Yeah, and she's really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for meeting with us today and sharing your wisdom with us. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much, Nicole and Allie. We, we totally appreciate it, Quinn. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening.